David. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles and uh, open up to John chapter 20 this morning. John chapter 20 is where we're going to be. Happy Easter, everybody. And uh, if you're new around here, uh, I just hope you're having a great time. That's pretty much it. Hope you're having a blast. We like to have fun in church. Amen. We believe church is a participation sport as well, that uh, this isn't just for some band to come up and lead us in songs and me to stand up here like a talking monkey and do entertainment and all that kind of stuff. We're all here to meet with Jesus. So I need your help preaching this morning. Can we do that? Awesome. Have you met your neighbor yet? It's decent. Okay, everybody, we've got two seconds. Turn your neighbor and just make sure you know their name. If we're going to worship God together, might as well know their name. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Ooh, way to go, Aunt Julie, reaching across the aisle. We could, the nation could learn something from you. Anyways, moving on, back to Easter. John chapter 20, uh, we are going to read a few verses there in just a minute. Um, last week, this is kind of part two to our Easter, um, one, not series, sermon, whatever. And uh, last week, I, I preached a sermon called A New Normal. Who is here for A New Normal? We, we talked about how the, the, the death of Jesus is not just a, an event that happened 2,000 years ago, but it's actually a, a revolution where Jesus purchased for all of humanity a new normal. There's a lot more than just than died on the cross than just Jesus. And I encourage you to go back and listen to it because we don't have time for a recap. So this, this Sunday on Resurrection Sunday, as I was uh, working on the message this week, um, I, I kind of c- couldn't pick between two messages that I felt like God was putting on my heart. One, that I was going to preach a message called, It's All the Same. Everybody say, It's All the Same. I was going to preach this message about, It's All the Same, about the sentiment that we have where it's all the same, right? Like, like you're all the same, we're all the same, all religions are the same, philosophies are the same, all the gods are the same, all roads to God are the same. It's, it's all the same. It's the sentiment that's really common in our culture where everything, everything's the same, so why, why are we getting so worked up? And, and I wasn't, I'm not going to preach that message, but if I would have preached that message, the next thing I would have talked about is how it's not all the same, <laughs> how Easter celebrates that it's not all the same. It's not all the same. There is, there is not, it's not all the same. There is one God who is creator, who is good, and who is love. There is one problem that humanity has that can't figure out, and it's sin in the heart of man. There is one God who humbled himself, set aside his deity, took on flesh, making himself the very nature of a servant, humbled himself to death, even death on a cross by those he came to save. There's only one God who raised from the grave after doing that. His name is Jesus, and there is one name at which every knee will bow, one name that every tongue will confess, and it's Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's not all the same. I was going to preach that message, and if I would have, the next thing I would have talked about was how Romans chapter 6, like we read at the beginning of our sermon, says that the Bible tells us that there is some things that are all the same, though. Not all roads are the same. Not all of those things are the same, but the same death that Jesus died to sin, you died to sin. The same resurrection that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus into, you get to live in that same newness of life. Romans 8.11 says that it's all the same spirit who raised Jesus from the grave that lives in you. Which means that Easter is a celebration that no matter who you are, where you're coming from, what you've done or not done, what you've learned or not learned, if you just give your life to the Holy Spirit, it's all the same. It's all the same and he can do anything with you because it's the same Holy Spirit. Amen. I was going to preach that message, but I decided not to. So... The real sermon that I want to preach to you this morning is out of John chapter 20, 
And uh, if you have notes out, I want you to write this at the top of your notes. If your neighbor doesn't have notes out, bop them on the head. I'm kidding. But you can. You can write this at the top of your notes this morning, the title for our Easter sermon. Have we said Happy Easter yet? It's a good day. I want to preach a message to you titled, Graveside Appointments. Graveside Appointments. In John chapter 20, we're going to begin reading in verse 11, uh, but we're picking up a story uh, that is already um, about 10 verses deep, hence verse 11, where we're starting. And we're picking up the story with a woman named Mary. She is sitting outside of Jesus' empty tomb weeping. She has already been by the tomb once this morning. She came by to anoint Jesus' body with spices and all of this. She finds an empty tomb and understandably freaks out. She runs back to all the disciples and tells them the tomb's empty. And classic men don't believe her. They say, we'll go check it out. So they run up to the tomb and figure out, we'll, we'll fix this situation. They see the empty tomb. They look around and figure, we can't fix this situation. So classic men, they just leave. They've gone back home. And in verse 11, Mary is back at the tomb by herself. Let's read a few verses together. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went, and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said all these things to her. Graveside appointments I want to talk about this morning. Have you noticed in church life, at least, and in life, it's easy to talk about the mountaintop experiences, which are amazing, needed, thankful, amen, thankful for the mountaintops. It's a little harder to talk about the graveside disappointments. The graveside disappointments. And the thing about the graveside disappointments is that they are just as important, honestly, as the mountainside or the mountaintop experiences, but they're a lot harder to talk about. And here we are picking up Mary's life at a graveside disappointment. Things haven't gone the way they were supposed to go. Things don't feel good in this moment. She's by herself. She is at an empty grave, which is unique. She has an empty heart, it's void of hope, it's void of answers, it's void of options, and she's weeping because that's what you do. That's what you do when life brings you by the grave. That's what you do when things die. I don't know if you're like Mary, I don't know if you've, if you've ever been by the grave. Maybe you've literally been by the grave. Maybe you've been by the grave because you had hope and it died. You had dreams and they died. You had a relationship that died. You were doing great, but then you slipped again, and you found yourself 
here we are by the grave, and you're done. And maybe you're literally weeping, or maybe you're just kind of in that same spot. It's over. Because something died, and death is the end. But in the kingdom of God, Easter celebrates that death is not the end. Death is a setup. Some of you need to make sure you write that down this morning. In our world, death is the end, but in the kingdom, death is a setup. It's not that the death doesn't happen. It's just a setup. And, and at Easter, Jesus shows us that he is not just the God who meets us on the mountaintops. He is the God who turns your deepest ter- disappointments into your greatest appointments. I want you to touch your neighbor this morning and tell him you've got a graveside appointment. You've got a graveside appointment. You've got a graveside appointment. See, Jesus told them, if, if you've read uh, the rest of the Gospels, uh, kind of leading up to John 20, if you've read chapters 1 through 19, then you would know that Jesus told his friends exactly what was going to happen. He told them, there's going to be some people that are going to arrest me, and then you're all going to desert me, and then I'm going to die alone on a cross, and three days later, I'm going to raise from the grave. He told them exactly what would happen, but here they are, by the empty grave they should have expected, weeping, confused, lost, not knowing what's going on. Mary and the disciples are in the middle of the promise and totally missing it. We could say it this way, they're stuck weeping over something they should have been waiting for. See, we get the benefit of the doubt, right? We know how the story ends. We know that when Mary's talking to Jesus, she doesn't know it's Jesus, but we know it's Jesus because we have the Bible, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We know how it, we know how it ends, and, and it's easy to read this story and be like, what are y'all crying about? Haven't you heard all hail King Jesus? Miraculous breath, I mean, come on, don't they know? But I wonder if maybe we could give them a break for a second and ask ourselves the question, are we weeping over anything that we should be waiting for? Are there times in our life where we're weeping over things that we should actually be waiting for? See, Resurrection Sunday has to come after Crucifixion Friday. And if we want to be people who live in the resurrection life of Jesus then we can't spend too much time getting too stuck weeping over some things that we've been promised we got to lose along the way. We can't, if we want the resurrection life of God, we can't spend too much time weeping over some relationships that have to go, weeping over some priorities that have to go, weeping over some habits that have to go, some situations that have to go. Some seasons in life that have to go. Sometimes we get stuck weeping over these things. Why is this happening? We're weeping over things that God promised us we would lose, and we're missing what he promised us we would gain. I'm going to say that last part again. Sometimes we're weeping over things God promised us we would lose, and it causes us to miss the things he promised us we would gain. I remember in college, I, was in a, I had joined a fraternity my freshman year, and I wanted to make friends, and I had made some friends, and it was all fun and stuff. And then I started following Jesus, um, and he just was turning my life upside down like I had never expected. And there was uh, things that would come up that, where the fraternity was going one direction and I was going another. 
And I remember having to just say different things or not do certain things or being in these situations where all of a sudden I had I'd put all this effort into gaining some relationships, gaining some, some influence, some, some uh, community, some circle. I, I'd put my effort into gaining this thing, but now here I was having to lose these things because I wanted to follow Jesus saying things, standing for things that weren't so popular in the time. And I remember times being alone, being like, God, why am I so alone? And he's telling me, you said you wanted to be my friend. It's just you and me here now. I can't spend too much time weeping over losing the things that God promised me I've got to lose to gain the promise that he has made me. That's allowed. That's allowed. See, sometimes we're weeping over it, and we need to be waiting for it. Mary didn't know that the disappointment she was in the middle of was actually the appointment that Jesus had been promising her this whole time. And to understand this, you got to go back on Mary's life a little bit. So Mary, um, she had a little bit of a past. She had, the Bible tells us that Jesus set her free from seven demons. Sounds extreme. I think it'd probably be easy to look at Mary in this part and be like, oh my gosh, Mary, the saint, oh my gosh, this amazing person. But uh, we can maybe relate a little bit more with Mary who like had some demons in her life, right? See, Mary was just this woman who had demons and Jesus came along and set her free. Just set her free from her demons. You know, things like your past, your regrets, your pain. Anybody have demons in the room ever? Okay. He steps into her life. He sets her free and she just does what she knows to do, which is just start following him. And she's mentioned a few other times just that kind of as a tag-along who just helps all the time. She, like, makes the beds, and she helps everybody have a place to stay. She kind of helps everything happen uh, like women do. Amen? They make it all happen, right? Thank you, Jesus. So Mary's got this life. She uh, had been set free from seven, from seven demons, um, but she didn't know what she was getting set free into at that time. See, Jesus is the king of like using things that we do see for things that we don't see. He, he uses things that we're, we're seeing. We see him as one thing, but he keeps using them for things we don't see, for something else. He, he's the king of using this stuff. So uh, how many times do you look back on your life, especially if, if maybe God led you into something, and once you look back on it, you think, oh, I didn't know that this was that, right? I, I didn't know this was, was that. I didn't, know, I didn't know that this pain I was feeling was actually part of stepping into the promise that you had made me. I didn't know that this pain was that promise, actually. I didn't know that, that this loneliness was actually that thing that was going to lead me into friendship with you. I, I didn't know that that, that that fear was actually solidifying in me that truth that you are my comforter. I didn't know that this was that. I didn't know that that this voice I've been hearing this whole time was actually that voice I've been looking for this whole time. I didn't know this was that. Everybody ever thought, I didn't know this was that? Is it, okay. I didn't know that this light momentary affliction was preparing for me that eternal weight of glory. I didn't know this was that. And, and I'm not saying that, that God sent all of these painful things into your life at times, the disappointments, the hurts, the losses, I'm not saying that he did send them. I'm not saying he didn't send them. All I'm saying is he will use them. Even if it was the devil, he still aims to use what the devil intended for bad for his good. I don't know what this is, but I do know that he will use it. 
And sometimes, if we're honest, when we're in the middle of I didn't know this was that, we got to check our prayer list. Sometimes we got to check what we've been praying for. Because sometimes this situation you're in was exactly what that prayer was all about. And if you would have known, you would have kept your mouth shut. In that moment of boldness. When the keys were playing and it was, yes, God, take all of me. Right? Sometimes you got to check your prayer list. Because Mary didn't know that this weeping at the tomb was part of that calling that Jesus had saved her into. She thought that this getting set free from these seven demons was the end. She thought that that was it. But our God does more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And he's not done with you. No matter what he has done with you, he's not done with you. There's still more coming. See, Mary had been possessed by these demons, but he wasn't done with her. Because here she is at a tomb, weeping, thinking, probably going through her head. I mean, I would. Mary, how could you have been such a fool this whole time? Everybody who gave you a hard time, all your friends and family who told you you were crazy, they were right. You told them, no, this is the Messiah. Right, like this was going to be the Messiah. Right, sure. Gullible, again. You gave in, again. How could you, give, how could you have given so much? How could you have given so much of your heart? How could you have believed so much in this thing? How, how could you have been so stupid? And then here comes Jesus. Steps into the disappointment that's crushing her, and he makes the greatest appointment that she could have ever dreamed of. He steps into her disappointment and appoints her as the first person to ever see risen Jesus and appoints her to be the first preacher to go proclaim the risen Jesus. He steps into the disappointment, puts an appointment on her life that she could have never dreamed. The disappointment she thought would never happen led her into the appointment she never thought was possible. I was also going to preach a message about how women shouldn't preach in church, but then I decided maybe not. (laughs) As a joke for some people, maybe not everybody. (laughs) Jesus didn't get that memo, apparently. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I love that. All right, should we go back to the story? (laughs) Verse 11. In verse 11 of John chapter 20, Mary is outside of a tomb. She's weeping over what she should have expected. Mourning the loss of what she should be celebrating. And then in verse 14 and 15, she starts having this conversation with Jesus. She starts having this conversation with Jesus, and and 14 and 15 says this. "Having, Having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing, supposing, supposing him... Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have him, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him away. She's having this conversation with Jesus. She's looking right at Jesus. She's hearing Jesus, but she supposes that he's the gardener. She supposes that she had the grasp, a full grasp on how this situation was supposed to go. Of course, the gardener's here, because that's how this goes. She was supposing that she knew where all this was leading to. Supposing this grave was like every other grave. Supposing this moment of pain was like every other moment of pain. Supposing she knew how this was supposed to go. Supposing she knew how this story ended. Suppose, supposing that this was about to go just like it always goes around the grave. Supposing he was the gardener. 
Jesus was exactly where she was looking for him to be. He just wasn't what she expected him to be. And I wonder if it's time you allow the gardener in your life to start introducing himself. The coincidence that just keeps happen to work, happening to work out. The voice in your conscience that just so happens to be leading you in the direction you know you should be going. The text from the friend that was just the right thing at the right time. The random Facebook post that put courage in you when you thought you were at the end. The chance that you just looked up from that text message right before you were about to hit something. The person, the situation, the circumstance that just keeps showing up in your life, that you, you just keep seeing this person, you just keep running into this person, to this situation. And I wonder if maybe we've been missing Jesus, supposing he's the gardener. It's just the gardener. It's just coincidence. It just so happens. See, there's this thing that we say a lot that, that people can say, and there's this sentiment, and, and we can hear somebody say this and be like, oh, okay, yeah, great. You, don't, you almost don't know what to say to this when somebody says this. I'm just waiting on a sign from God. I'm just waiting on a sign from God to know, you know, if he's real or, or know what I'm supposed to be doing in my life or, or if I should do this or that or if I should get in this situation or out of this situation. I just, I just need a sign from God. And that can put you stuck because you're like, I don't know what you say to that, I guess. I guess that's not me. I don't know. I'm not that, I'm not that sign. But can we be honest that, that saying that, saying I'm just waiting on a sign from God is like using the excuse in 2018 that you didn't show up somewhere because you didn't know how to get there. <laughs> Come on now. We've got Google Maps, Apple Maps. Every place you ever need to go has a Facebook page. You have people you can call. There are signs everywhere. But you couldn't go because you didn't know how to get there. Come on now. <laughs> That's amazing people mad. We're looking for a sign from God. Like, like how about the sun and the moon and the stars? How about like the last breath you just took? How about, how about the, the person you're not with anymore? Somebody say amen. Come on, is that just me? I'm praising God for somebody I'm not with anymore. Come on, I'm just waiting on a sign. Just waiting on a sign. I don't know if God's around. I don't, know if, I don't know if he's here around. How about that time he didn't answer you the way he wanted you to? Does that count as a sign? What about that voice you heard at your graveside, in your deepest pain, in your deepest disappointment, in your biggest question, telling you it was worth it to keep going when you didn't know? This isn't the end of the road, the only one telling you that. You thought it was just the gardener, but maybe the gardener is God. Maybe the gardener is God. Happy Easter. <laughs> when Jesus says, Mary, she realizes the gardener is God. And he sends her back to the guys who couldn't fix the situation. He says her name and realizes the one I've been looking at this whole time is the one I've been looking for. The one I've been listening to this whole time is the one I've been listening for. And he's, he's here where I didn't think he was. And he's giving me something I could have never dreamed of. In the middle of my disappointment. Mary, teacher, hug, stop. <laughs> right? He says, go back to these guys and uh, 
and tell them that you saw me. And I'm, he gives some like big spiritual, what is it exactly? Tell my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. <sighs> big, right? Sends her back to the guys who couldn't fix the situation. They peaced out. So he gives her a message to share with them. Because even when you run away from God, God will still get his message across to you. <laughs> oh, that's so much better news than you're responding to. But hey, it's okay. You'll believe it. You're going to walk out of here in two hours and be like, oh my gosh. I pray that God would open up your eyes to the times you were running and you still heard him. That's the stuff that changed my life forever. He sends her back. Appoints her to be the first one to see the risen God. Proclaim the risen God. Gives her this amazing theological boom. My God and your God and Father and ascending and rah, here we go. And she shows up into the room. She comes to the door and I can't decide if she kind of like, 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 I've seen the Lord. Or maybe it was like, I've seen the Lord. I don't know. Sometimes it's one or the other, right? Like, I don't know. Sometimes at church, you're, boom, kicking the door down. I'm, at least I'm up in the front dancing. And sometimes, like, you're on the floor. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's good. I love that it doesn't tell us because either way works, right? <laughs> he gives her all this stuff to say. She just comes into the room wide-eyed and just shocked. Like, they had already seen her. Last time they saw her, she was alone by a grave weeping. And here she is. The tears are gone. And she's saying, the one we couldn't find, the situation you couldn't fix, I saw the Lord in it. <laughs> she just comes in. She's trying to communicate what she had seen God do, what had just happened at this graveside, what had just happened in the middle of this disappointment. They were there with her. They were experiencing the same thing, but now she's got a different message because you know they came back and said, we didn't see the Lord. There's some voices in your life you got to stop listening to. Telling you the Lord's not in it. If God's so good, why, how, how could your God? I can see your grave. I see the empty grave you're mourning over, and I don't see the Lord. Sometimes we need to have some Marys in our life who stick around with us through the disappointment long enough till Jesus shows up. Because he's going to show up. And you know you got good friends in your life if they're the ones standing next to you when you say, I've seen the Lord. <laughs> I want to be a church that sees the Lord. I want a church that sees the Lord, that doesn't just talk about everything God's not doing, everything that's so bad, everybody that we disagree with, everybody that, that we think is wrong or this or that or right and wrong and right and left and we got it, you don't, all that kind of stuff. How about we just look for the Lord? How about we start telling people instead of, hey, this is where I disagree with you, what you're wrong about, what you should change about your life, how you're wrong, how God doesn't agree with this and that about you. How about we just start saying, I see the Lord in you. Ha <laughs> ha, come on. I see the Lord in your life. This is what you're called to. This is who you're called to be. I'm not getting caught up in the disappointment of who you are or aren't for me. I'm just gonna see the Lord in your life. Happy Easter, everybody, right? Can we be Easter for some people? You ever walked around disappointed in who you are? Is it just me? That happens all the time. 
disappointed about who I am, who I'm not, what I thought I should have been doing, that I've dropped the ball on this or that or the other thing. Maybe everybody else in your life is walking around too. Maybe they kind of are their own graveside, constantly disappointed, constantly disappointed in the dreams they had that died, the person they thought they were that died. And maybe they just need somebody to step into their life and see the Lord. Instead of pounding everybody, about, yeah, you're right. You did lose it there. You did fail there. You should have, could have, would have, didn't. There's enough voices running back to the house, talking about people behind their back. In the middle of their pain, it's easier to get up and leave. Easier to leave somebody by themselves than stick around the grave and see the Lord. Because here's the thing, Jesus is going to show up. It's what he does. He goes to the grave for one reason, to come out. <laughs> so when he brings you by a grave, he aims to show you how he comes out of it. And in your disappointment, he is setting up a graveside appointment. Where you thought you've lost everything, he's appointing you to something more than you could have ever imagined. Where you thought he wasn't, where has he been this whole time? He's keeping the appointment. He's there. You just might think he's the gardener. She runs back home. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. They're like, what do you mean you've seen the Lord? I've been there. I didn't get breakthrough. That's sensitive. That's fair too. What do you mean you saw the Lord? What do you mean you saw the Lord? Well, why didn't I see the Lord? Well, maybe let's not talk about it. We don't want to offend anybody. No, you saw the Lord. You let Jesus straighten it out. <laughs> I've seen the Lord. Like, what do you mean? Well, I, he was actually there the whole time. Like, well, why didn't I see? Why did he show up after I left? He was there. We just weren't looking. I, I was, we were talking to him the whole time. He was talking back to us the whole time. We just thought it was somebody else. We were looking at him the whole time. We just thought it was somebody else. But now I've seen the Lord. It's exactly like he said it would be. It's exactly like he promised it would be. And the pieces start falling together. And the guys are like, dang it. He did say that he was going to come out of there, didn't he? <laughs> we should have stuck around. Then what happens next? John 20, 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said to them, peace be with you. He chased them down again in their locked room of fear and disappointment. They weren't standing by the grave anymore. They just exchanged it for a locked room, but Jesus still aimed to keep an appointment with them. Steps into their life and does what only he can do. Got to keep our eyes open for our graveside appointments. Can't just get lost in the disappointment. God is on the move. Easter is the celebration. 
that no matter what the grave is, no matter what brought you there, no matter what locked room you're in, hiding yourself, Jesus will find a way to step into your life, call you by name, wake you up, and send you off into something that he made you for. Happy Easter, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Easter. It's a new normal. It's a new normal. I mean, this changes everything. This changes everything. And uh, I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. We're going to worship for one more song because that's, I guess, what you do when you realize Jesus is amazing. And I'm going to pray this morning that as we worship, we, we like to be a people who don't just hear the word of God, but we respond to the word of God. And I'm going to pray that in these moments together, as we worship one more time, as we sing one more time, and just these final moments together on this Easter Sunday, that it would be a moment for you that you walk away saying, I've seen the Lord. I'm going to pray. And I believe that the Holy Spirit in these moments is going to open your eyes. He's going to open your ears, open your heart to where he's been keeping a graveside appointment and you didn't see him. You thought he was somebody else. But I believe we're going to walk out of these next 10 minutes or so with the testimony, I've seen the Lord. We go ahead and stand up as we get ready to close this morning. I'm gonna have a couple of our friends off to the sides just available to pray with you. If you need somebody to pray with you, if you need to respond in some way, just go over and have somebody pray with you. There's no sense in not doing it if you need it. We were praying before the service saying, God, I ask that April 1st, 2018, Easter Sunday would be a day that we all mark on our calendars remembering, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And it would change everything. I pray that you'd see him where you've missed him. Just go ahead and close your eyes. I'm gonna pray this over you. I pray that you'd see Jesus where you've missed him. I pray that you'd see Jesus where you didn't think he was. I pray that you'd hear Jesus when you thought that voice was something else that you'd hear him calling your name, that you'd realize Jesus isn't who you've supposed him to be, but he's exactly who he promised to be. He is good, he is love, he is close, and he is risen. Holy Spirit, would you make that this moment that moment? And if you're here this morning as we're praying and you're saying, I've, I've never decided to follow Jesus, or maybe you, maybe you have, you used to, and you're saying, no, this needs to be a moment where I see him for who he is and I give him my life, surrender my disappointments by myself and everything else, and I let Jesus tell me who I am. I let Jesus forgive me and set me free. If you're here this morning and you need this moment to be that moment for you, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand. Just as I want to pray for you. If there's anybody in here, this is the morning I want to follow Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Okay, I'm going to pray for us as we close. Let's sing together. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for the empty grave. Holy Spirit, make it real to us right now. In Jesus' name.